stop. Stop right there and listen. This is Keith Crosby, and I want you to go to hillside.org and sign up your wife or your daughter or your fiancé or your mom or your sister or your grandmother or your aunt for next weekend's women's conference. You won't want to miss it. We have two great national speakers, Monique Dusen and Kristen Bontrager, for an either in-person or online conference on unity, racism, and the biblical perspective on these cultural issues in a conference called Woven Together at hillside.org forward slash women's conference. Check it out today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast 033, podcast 33. And today we're going to have a biblical discussion on Christian activism and activists. So join us for the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of this complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, as always, we'll point you to additional resources for further study just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. So Mark, what are you passionate about? The gospel, the church, your rights as an American? And how far would you go to defend those rights? Would you protest? Would you engage in civil disobedience? Would you damage property or would you approve of those who do or would? Would you go to jail? Just how far would you go and for what cause? Wow, those are a lot of questions. Very um, very leading, it seems to be. And uh, almost sounds like uh, an intro that you would have to a sermon. Well, I tell you, this this is going to get pretty close to a sermon. You know, usually we start out with the discussion and we end with Scripture, but today I'm going to front load a lot of Scripture on the front end. So let me just get started right now with 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations or conspiracies, rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So it's interesting that you use that passage from 1 Timothy, it's talking about uh, elders, I believe, there. Um, so are you talking about elders or activists? Well, I'm talking about activists, Mark, but what I'm also doing is distilling a principle from Scripture about getting off onto subjects that are vain, that are useless. And here's another Scripture, and this is from 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Okay, so you are you seem to be talking about priorities then. Yep, yep. Let me take us to another passage. Uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Then Jesus told his disciples... If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? 
Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Let me take you to something else Jesus said in Luke 9, 59 through 62. Jesus said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see a picture starting to develop? Yeah, I I think I start to see that, uh, you know, obviously priorities um, seem to be something that we need to consider um, in whether we're activists or or those things, and also commitment, it seems, from these past two uh, verses. Yeah, that's there too. Let me take you to Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So Mark, all of these passages are about different topics, but they have a common thread. And what is it? Well, I would say it's commitment, priority, what's the main thing? That's right. Ultimately, it's all about devotion to Christ. It's about worship. It's about the opposite of distraction. It's focusing our love and our lives on God, not on needless things. Okay, so would you be saying that activism in and of itself is a sin? Um, Or are you saying that Christians shouldn't be activists or Christian activism isn't something that we should be doing? Well, Mark, that depends. Let's talk about the first and the second commandments in Exodus 20. Yeah, uh, you shall have no other God before me, and uh, you shall not make yourselves an idol or bow down and worship them. That's right. And what's an idol? Anything that you put in the place of God in your life. That's it. It's not necessarily something made of stone or metal or wood, though it could be, but not necessarily. It, it, it's something... It, well, you remember our sermon series, 10 Rules for Life, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, that one's uh, that was a, a while back. Um, but that was the one where you basically... It's a sermon series where you took the Ten Commandments and kind of expounded on them. Yeah, yeah, and I restated the first commandment this way, you shall have no other priorities before me, because sometimes an idol is a priority that is misplaced, and it gets between you and God. You could also say, you shall have no other causes before me, is the first commandment. And that kind of comes back to no soldier getting entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him, 2 Timothy 2.4. Or it gets back to that, those statements in uh, Luke 9, where Jesus is talking, and, and in Luke 9, 59, it says to another, he said, follow me, but he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what we're seeing here, and I want you to bear with me, is, is, is a common thread in our devotion to Christ. So let's turn a corner here. So we've been, I'm kind of obviously talking about activism and misplaced priorities and devotion to Christ and all those things, but I'm also talking about our personal behavior or conduct. And so in 1 Peter 2.12, we read this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that for the reason, when they speak against you as evildoers, 
they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. What's going on here is this. We need to live our lives like we believe what we say, like we mean what we say. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of truth in that. I think Christians in general should be marked by their their peaceableness or or peacemaking. So maybe you can kind of take all of these verses now and kind of tie them all together in how they apply to activism. Okay, so let's look at what passes for activism today. There's politics, there's protests, there's the Constitution, there's Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, leftists, progressives, environmentalists, environmentalism, and there are causes that are of no real eternal value. And so what does it profit anyone that we take up the wrong cause and that we or they forfeit their eternity. What is the value of that? What is the value of a soul? You know, as a listener, and I'm going to talk to you who are listening today, are you more concerned with the Constitution than you are the Bible? Do you know your Bible as well as you know your, your bill, the Bill of Rights? As a Christ follower, are you more determined to social distance than you are to evangelize or to disciple? Jesus wouldn't have healed many lepers by staying far, far away from them. And so Jesus said, we want to lay up treasure in heaven, not on earth. For where your treasure is, so your heart is also. And as far as activism and activists and causes, I think we have to ask ourselves if we're more temporally focused than we are eternally oriented. Because at the end of the day, what does it profit a man or a woman that they do gain the whole world that they vote the right guy into office but forfeit their soul. What, what good do we do to, quote-unquote, right all temporal wrongs and send a man or a woman well-dressed, well-educated, well-fed, whatever, into hell? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think something that uh, you and I uh, often talk about um, is, um, is kind of this idea that Christians getting distracted and uh, I think it's probably something that uh, is a pet peeve of both of ours. It is. I know it drives us both crazy. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with Christians entering the public square. You know, we did that podcast, I think it was episode three, uh, and it was called Politics in the Pulpit. And in that podcast, we dealt with the fact that there is the intersection between uh, our faith and the public square. Remember the Greek word polis means a community or a group of people, and the word policy has to do with the decisions they make on behalf of their group or community, and politics has to do with the decision process for implementing policy. And you have this in every community, from a pickup game of basketball where you lay down the rules, to electing a class president, to local, regional, and national politics. And this involvement in your community is well within the Christian purview. There's nothing wrong with this. But how you may go about this and with whom is the larger issue. Christians have always been involved through their worldview in trying to change the world, so to speak. Slavery was abolished in the United Kingdom and even here in the U.S. through the work of Christian people who worked together to do so. And despite the popular narrative today to the contrary, Christians were involved in the civil rights movement here in the U.S., and moving towards cinema, maybe you've seen that iconic movie Schindler's List about the Holocaust where this German or Czech businessman of German descent rescued thousands of Jews in Poland from the death camps. But we forget about a middle-aged, unmarried Christian lady in Holland who owned a jewelry shop, and she and her family rescued many, many, many more Jewish people than Oscar Schindler. You can Google Corey Ten Boom, 
or you can Google, better yet, use DuckDuckGo as a search engine. You can DuckDuckGo, the movie The Hiding Place, and learn more about this. But these were evangelical Christians who put their lives at risk for what they believed in. They got involved. They were activists at a certain level, and just about all of her family wound up in a concentration camp and died there except for her. And then, of course, there's the pro-life movement today. Okay, so it seems that some types of Christian activism uh, can be good. That's right. That's right. But today, too, too many Christians and Christian activists have confused politics or being a Democrat or a Republican with Christianity. And they've embraced secularists and secular methodologies, and they've almost tried to Christianize political groups and political leaders who, if they had an ounce of discernment, they would know aren't Christians and weren't doing anything from a Christian worldview. And in so doing, they've linked arms with unbelievers, and they've conducted themselves like unbelievers and found themselves directly or indirectly opposing God's Word. Take, for example, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, uh, and we'll go all the way to, uh, to chapter 7, verse 1. What does it say? It says, Do not be unequally yoked, don't be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness, or what accord has Christ with Bilal, or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. Do not touch unclean things. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. That's worship, that's devotion, that's our life priorities. And too many people have confused secular issues for spiritual ones to the neglect of the gospel and to the harm of the testimony of the Christian church, capital C. I mean, looking back at the Capitol Hill protest, and I'm not talking about the rioters this time, I'm talking about those legitimate protesters who gathered there peacefully. I saw a lot of them waving John 3.16 signs next to stop the steal signs, and they were mixing the secular with the holy. And, and you know, one is completely, completely unrelated to the other. One is secular, one is sacred. And Ezekiel wrote this in Ezekiel 44, 23, that the people are to know and to learn and to be taught the difference between what is holy and what is common, that they may distinguish between the clean and the unclean, the secular and the sacred. And to that end, we read in Leviticus 10, 10, you must distinguish between the holy and the common, the clean and the unclean. And these days, it seems that many Christians, or at least professing Christians, don't have the discernment to tell the difference between the two. They don't rightly prioritize these things. Yeah, I, I think I can see that. Um, but I, I know the, the um, pushback on that is going to be, well, those are Old Testament passages, and those are Old Testament laws, and so you know, we have the New Covenant, and so we don't have to follow those, right? Well, you know, I'm glad you said it that way, because this really sets up our next two episodes, and the next one after this is on Christian ignorance, uh, and, and we're going to do a podcast on Christian ignorance, which should be a contradiction in terms, and then we're going to do another uh, uh, podcast after that on the Christian and the end times mindset. But getting back to what you just said, 
2 Corinthians 6.14 and forward is the New Testament restatement of those two passages. And, and basically it's saying don't have anything to do with the unbeliever. Don't be in partnership, fellowship. Don't be connected to them as if they are the same as you, as, as if you are the same as them. And all those verses really are a warning to us to not lock arms with the wrong groups of people, to not pursue causes that get in the way of our relationship with God, that get in the way of our testimony. That's why I said earlier, you shall have no other causes before me, and no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. You know, And that's why Jesus said, when the guy said, well, first let me go and bury my father, he said, wait, first? Let the dead bury their dead. As for you, you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And when the other one said, well, I'll follow you wherever you go, but first... Let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. We sometimes say, oh yeah, we, we need to serve God. We need to honor God. We need to evangelize. We need to worship God and evangelize and disciple with our lips and our lives. But first, let me go get involved with this group. And first, let me go do that. And that is not the way God wants us to be. We have been enlisted. We have been drafted into the kingdom of God grafted in, repurposed, recommissioned. And too many Christians have a profound ignorance of the Christian faith and, consume, and, and confuse their service to Christ with some sort of secular-like activism, patriotism, the Constitution, social justice stuff, environmentalism, veganism, you name it. And sadly, they have this outward form of godliness, but by their conduct, they deny its power. And more than a few who should be mature by now and should be eating strong meat, as it talks about in Hebrews and elsewhere, are only consuming baby's milk because they might have been a Christian for 10 years, but they've had the same discipleship one times one times one times one, which equals one, as opposed to one plus one plus one plus one until you get to 10. There's no growth. They're just stuck in the same place. They have the same limited understanding, and they've spread themselves so thin that they have no spiritual depth. And, and, and they are more political than they are spiritual because they confuse activism for ministry and politics for worship, and they're putting their hand to the plow, and in disobedience to Christ, they're looking over their shoulder, and they are bound together and lined up with all kinds of unbelievers. They are unequally yoked, entangled in secular causes, and they behave secularly. And here's the thing. It's a trap that people can easily fall into, good people. But what worries me is about the parable of the talents, right? God has given us these talents, and we end up burying them in the sand so we can go do political things or social things. Or, you know, even Matthew 7, 21 to 23, I talked about this last Sunday, where he said, you know, many will say to me, you know, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. They say, but yeah, but we did all kind of things for you. We prophesied in your name. We performed miracles. We casted out demons. We did all these kind of things. And he'll say, depart from me because I never knew you. And so I just want us to be careful. There's nothing wrong with activism. I want to be clear with that. Vote your conscience. Serve in your community. Be pro-life. You know, that's fine. But never confuse the secular with the sacred. You know, don't drag religion into all of your political causes. And seeing that John 3.16 sign and that stop the steal sign side by side was heartbreaking for me. I'm very sympathetic to fair and honest elections. 
But what does it mean to have a John 3.16 sign up at a political rally, really? Most people don't even know what that is. And so we want to be careful not to neglect ministry. We want to be present, active, and supportive of the local church. And ultimately, we change this world one soul at a time with the message, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. We want to be careful to be like Mary and not like Martha, who is distracted by so many things, and she's bouncing off of the walls like a BB in a boxcar. That's a mixed metaphor, but hey, <laughs> work with me. And, st- and Mary is at the feet of the masters, knowing and growing in God's will. And so we want to serve one God, one Savior, that's Jesus Christ, one cause, that's the Great Commission. And we don't want to, what amounts to a hobby, get in the way of us fulfilling the calling to which we've been called, and that is the Great Commission. Yeah, no, I think you've, you've really kind of driven home that point uh, that you know, as Christians, our allegiance first lies to the gospel. It, it lies to telling people about Jesus Christ. Um, you know, the quote you had earlier where you said, uh, you know, are you more concerned with social distancing or evangelizing? I think that those are the things that really, it's not that these are bad Christians or bad people. It's that we've just gotten sidetracked and distracted by all of the things that have gone on around us. And, um, and I love that when Jesus says, you know, no one who puts their hand to their plow, to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. And it's, it should be a ringing reminder to us that, um, that when we put our hands to the plow, we can't get distracted. We can't look back at all of those things, um, that are going to pull our attention away from what's most important. And that's, evangelizing people, being more concerned with their eternity than we are about their temporal means. That's it. I I think that our worldview as Christians is going to um, infect and cause us to be um, activists in some ways, but those are always going to be secondary to the gospel. That's right. And when we elevate one over the other, I mean, you know, I love my country. I consider myself a patriot, but I do not, I do not mistake patriotism for Christianity. I do not mistake the Constitution for the Word of God. I do not mistake the environment for the Creator. I don't worship the created. I worship the Creator. And so these are the things, this, these losses of perspective that distract us from our devotion to the one who came and suffered for our sin. We just came through Easter and Good Friday and rose from the dead. All right, well, that's it for today, I think. Uh, thanks for listening. Now, next week, we're going to talk about Christian ignorance, and after that, the Christian and the end times mindset. And, you know, consider this one sort of an introduction to the other two. We're probably going to ruffle some feathers, but we hope to challenge your thinking and our own. And so thanks for listening today. If you have questions, I'm happy to respond to emails, keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to know more about Hillside Church, go to www.hillside.org. If you'd like to worship with us in person, we have three services at 8 a.m., 9.45, and 11.30 a.m., And as you know, they just took all the restrictions off of how many people can attend the church. And so we're thrilled to have you join us. If you're uncomfortable with worshiping in person, you can find us online at www.hillside.org forward slash services. This podcast is released every Wednesday. Please share us with your friends. We're on every major podcast platform. Give us a rating. Help us to reach more for the kingdom of God. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler. We'll see you next time. God bless you and God keep you.